Maybe midnight or midday Never early, never late He gon' stand by what he claimed Lived enough life to say I heard your heart, I see your pain Out in the dark, out in the rain Feel so alone, feel so afraid I heard you pray, in Jesus' name It may be midnight or midday It's never early, never late He gon' stand by what he claimed I lived enough life to say This is Pastor Lashani Uyola, affectionately known as Pastor Tan. I am your voice of It Is Written. I wanted to give you a little bit of backlog behind my uh, start of this podcast. I was born in Birmingham, Alabama. I was able to have my grandparents, which one was a Navy officer, which was my grandmother, and a farmer, which was my grandfather. And pretty much it was uh, interesting. I grew up also with my cousin, so it was an interesting upbringing, but it was fruitful. And from that point, I was able to... um, unfortunately have to go and live with my mother and also her step my stepfather which I was uh, able to develop some mental and physical abuse from there and also some of those abuses and those mental abuses were from the church when I went into the military I noticed others were suffering such as myself with the same uh, mental illnesses and physical illnesses, but also some things that were a little bit different. And then at the same time, it was like, you know, having to go through the military. It was a point in my time where I really wanted to stay in. But at the same time, it was as though certain things, you know, were coming through in epic proportions. And at that time, I was here in South Korea and I was married. But uh, fast forward to today, I have been married for 22 years. My husband has been awesome and I am a mother of three children. Now, I wanted to combine my um, expertise and I've gotten my master's in degree in clinical psychology. And right now I'm working towards my doctoral. And then also, too, last year I was able to obtain my pastoral ordination. So I was able to kind of be able to mesh both of those in the two elements that I was able to be able to go through in life, which was the clinical psychology and also the pastoral. Yes, I understand that, you know, we all go through church hurt. That is a given. But. I was able to go through it and not blame God and understand that it is the human being that was uh, being the one that was giving me the problems and not God. 
And also being able to understand and know that, yes, he was there for the bad, but also he's here for the good, if that makes sense to you. And then at the same time, it was like God was honestly just telling me, you know, propelling me through so many different things, such as my grandparents passing away to being able to be in another home that was not you know, conducive to what I knew as being loved. And it became such a hardship because you were able to understand and know that, you know, certain things were not acceptable. And then at the same exact time, you know, being able to be a child and then a, you know, a teenager growing up in the church, um, I understand certain, you know, restrictions were put on us saying that it was for our good. But at the same exact time, those restrictions were so strict that it did not let us be able to live. And it became so cumbersome that when I did go into the military, um, I just wanted to not even dwell on who God was. And I know that a lot of people may feel as though, well, you just left God in a sense. Yes, I did, because I wanted to have the freedom that everyone else was enjoying. But then at the same time, you know, God is a gentleman. So he always stayed with me um, throughout me going to the clubs and still, you know, um, going and dancing and um, being able to go out and mingle with people of my peers for the first time. I mean, this is certain things that, you know, I didn't get to do growing up. And I feel as though some of us as human beings, we need to be able to adjust that tone and that vibration towards our children and tell them why we're saved and why we gave our life to Christ. And I've learned that, you know, talking to my children and talking to my husband, my spouse, that it becomes more and more a lifestyle for me. And, you know, it becomes more of he wanting to, which he is God, becoming more and more in my life. And you see those different things as you flash back in your life. I don't know about you, but I do. I mean, I've had those times where I can be able to go and drink something like simple water or anything, and God was able to intervene because someone spiked my drink. Um, God intervened also when I was in the military and, you know, one of my roommates was, she came in our room, sharing our room, and she unlocked the door and she kept it unlocked. And she didn't know, but a gentleman was coming right behind her to do some unspeakable things to her. And unfortunately, he did not know which, you know, bump, you know, she was in. So he came to mine. And in that, you know, you had to be able to understand that even though through the good and the bad, I mean, God was able to protect me. I was able to defend myself and my roommate also was able to help me defend myself. So it, I mean, it becomes more and more apparent that, 
you know, God will protect you through all the different elements, all the different things, even dating, um, even marriage, um, God will protect you. And it becomes more and more, he becomes more and more, um, a part of my life. And I wanted to be able to share this with everyone and let them understand that, you know, part of my, you know, greeting, uh, those are Korean terms, Hangul, as they say, and has become a part of my lifestyle. I've been here for 18 years. My children, uh, my first two were born here. So it becomes more and more apparent of who God is. And, you know, he becomes more and more, you know, affluent towards me. I wanted to, when I was growing up, having more than one language, which is, you know, English is our main language. But, you know, I used to study Spanish and then I studied French at the same time. So when we went to Germany, I was able to, you know, speak German and then coming back to the States, you know, it became a downer for me because for me, it was like, don't get me wrong. I love the United States. That is not what I'm saying. It's just that I'm so used to being able to have that frequency of having to move and then explore a different area of the world. And being able to understand that, you know, I am a former military brat. Um, that luxury of being able to go into a different country and learn their language, their culture was something that I really like to adapt to. So it became more apparent to me. And I know I'm jumping in and out of, you know, different parts of my, my life, but I wanted you to understand just a little bit about me that I do love being able to comprehend and learn different languages learn different cultures, um, also being able to kind of being very um, flexible in how I understand things and how I'm able to adapt and, you know, being able to just go into the midst of things and try to figure it out. And that's how, you know, the military has taught me and being able to just come in, understand what's going on, comprehend, but also have it to adapt to the my environment. And I love that about the United States Army. That's why I am the way that I am today. And also to just being able to um, certain things like uh, trust is a huge one for me. Also being able to be myself around people. And I see that a lot in our culture that we cannot be able to do that all the time. And it becomes more and more, um, people are putting on this mask of, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm okay. Or I'm, I'm, you know, or I'm just, you know, the, you know, happy go lucky. And it's not like that all the time. Um, in our society now, we don't want people to become, more and more real. Like you can't display that you're sad or lonely or, you know, any of those type of things because that's not normal, but it is, it is truly 
a thing of beauty when someone can be able to express themselves naturally. And along the way, I have had encountered so many good people. And for, you know, all of my lifetime, they've been with me. And even if I had lost contact with them, I was able to, you know, go back and link up and I've seen where some of them are the same and it doesn't matter if the body structure has changed, but they are within themselves are the same person through and through. And I'm talking about from, you know, growing up in Alabama to, uh, growing up in the military to growing up you know, as a military brat to just being able to be an adult. And some people can't adapt to that. And some people can't comprehend that, you know, I have children and I'm married and, you know, I'm doing my own thing. So for me, it was like, what really compelled me as when I finished, um, getting my ordination um, as a pastor that I wanted to have my voice be able to be heard because so many people are like me. So many people are, you know, having those inner struggles and so many people can be able to have, you know, the baggage of family and generational curses and, you know, um, some people are depressed and, you know, it's just so many different factors of mental and physical, you know, disorders and, um, some of the abuse and church hurt that people have carried with them throughout their lives. And that becomes inherent to their children and their children's children. And I wanted to start, it is written because, I think now it is very important for us to be able to tackle those uh, things that are not talk about taboo as if they will say that um, in our society. So many people sit here and say, well, you know, if, you know, this uh, family member or this person has done something to you, don't talk about it, you know, and they're still a part of your family. No, that should be addressed because that's part of you. That's part of you and how you able perceive the world. And if that happened to your daughter or your son, wouldn't you want to know? And it becomes more and more, you know, something that we all need to be able to address. And even if you never get the apology that you deserve as a human being, you still need to sit there and tell yourself, you know, I forgive myself. And even if it's not my fault, you sit there and you address it with God. And it becomes more and more of a dialogue between you and God. And it's not even about, you know, you forgive the other person and it may take you some time and that's okay. But you have to be able to deal with the problem head on before you have children, before you have, you know, spouses, before you have any other person come into your, your space. And I thought that to myself, I didn't get those type of talks. I didn't get that type of, you know, encouragement. I didn't get that type of, well, you know, you're going into, 
you know, you're going into the military or you're going in and you're, you're changing your structure of life. You know, so many people would sit there and try to discourage you or, um, very curiously, well, why are you doing this? And for me, it's just, you know, for me to be able to address it is written. I had to peel back some layers of my life. I had to go through some things as a child in order for me to address those things with God and then sit there and say, it's okay to be, well, me. And having to sit there and say, you know what? I've been through all of this and I am still standing. That is an awesome testimony. Now, whatever, you know, you have been through and I know that everybody's journey is different. I know that, you know, whatever the age you are at right now in this point in time, celebrate that. Celebrate that you have made it one more year, that God has blessed you to see one more year in your lifetime. It is so point yet to just sit there and sometimes just sit back and thank God, no matter what kind of status you are at in your life, whether you're starting out or you're, you're just, ex, you know, you're experienced, you, you're starting your careers or you just start now. Or sometimes you've been at this job for so many years and then you're thinking, oh, let me go and try to shift some things in my life. Whether you are, you know, a teenager, a child, married, um, single, divorced, um, single parent, those are the things that we need to be able to cherish. We need to be able to sit there and thank God just simply to be alive. And some people don't do that now. See, in the United States, we rush, rush, rush so much that we forget the, just the simple things in life and just being able to go through the motions of having to be homeless with my, my, my family and my children. That was a very shifting point for me. It was a very poignant point because it taught me how to know how to be able to communicate with God. It taught me how to be able to survive also to never give up and be able to honestly sit there and talk to God in an honest conversation, like one-on-one -on -one. and sometimes having to close the door because your children think you're talking to them or simply sometimes getting up way early in the morning before you have to go to work and then talking to him and telling him how your day is and how you want your day to go. I, I just, I honestly thank God now looking back on it because it structured me in a way that no man could structure me. And it gives me a viewpoint of how us as human beings, we go through so much and we yet still stand and we yet let not this thing go over here to the left or to the right. We keep going with God. And our relationship with God becomes more of the center point. And then at the same exact time with me studying and having my master's and getting going through with my counselors and oh my God, I had some awesome counselors just to get to this point. 
They taught me to be able to go through. I mean, when lightning was striking and, you know, and my computer was, you know, glitching, they were like right there with me. Like when my bills were due and I got so many eviction notices, they were right there. And I mean, honestly, I thank God for the ones that were right there with me. And they were able to just instruct me and give me that clarification through God to them, to me. And I don't know about anyone else, but sometimes we do need that voice of God in the whole entire time of our perspective. And I, I, you know, you had to learn how to be able to listen to God's voice And then sometimes God will send people around you or send, you know, just send someone your way in order for his voice to be heard. And I mean, it's like surround sound. It's like the old boom box kind of a deal where, you know, you can be able to, you know, just push a button and it plays and it's like in your ear and it's so, you know, loud that you have to turn the volume down. God became stereo. I mean, boom box in my life during those times of four to five years of us being homeless. And trust me, I thought I had friends that, you know, families also members too, that I thought I can trust. And God let me know how these people were and how to address the whole entire issue with each and every one of them. And trust me, it is hard to have to go through that process. But while I was in California, a lady was telling me, well, I'm, you know, I'm in the van with her and she's about to drive us home because we didn't have any transportation. And I was crying and my husband was right there with me, you know, holding my hand and my children were in the back and She honestly sat there and she said, you know what? God is showing you through and through that he is still faithful and that after this, I'm going to have that supernatural faith. And I was wondering, I was like, what do you mean supernatural faith? You're going to have that supernatural faith that whatever you proclaim out of your mouth, it's going to come to pass because you believe God just that much. And I said, man. I was like, okay. I was like, man, God, I mean, that's a wow for me. And I mean, we went from California to Maryland and we stayed there and we were having some issues. And finally, my husband was able to get a, get a job and I was able to get a job and I was finding out that, you know, I was pregnant with my, with my third child and it was just a lot. And it became so like, you know, I had to keep going no matter what. I mean, we had to host a lot of different things as far as, you know, helping the homeless, trying to be able to keep our face, you know, in front of God, um, going and seeing if we could be able to volunteer at the church when we couldn't even pay our tithes, um, being able to just be present in God's house no matter what. And still be able to feel like we're human beings. Oh, that's a that's a whole different breed. And then at the same exact time, you had the church people looking at us. Because we were with 
you know, certain amount of our friends, they wanted to accept us. But if we were, you know, because we were homeless, had that label on us, they really didn't want to interact with us. And that kind of, to me, made me feel as though, you know, every time that someone comes into God's house, that you should make them feel welcome. No matter what they have on, you still make them feel welcome because you never know who they represent. And it became where I was going into church with just a shirt and some jeans and also some tennis shoes. That's all we could afford at the time. And don't you know, God still blessed in those moments. God still blessed, you know, when we were shopping at the Goodwill. God was blessing when we had to walk sometimes 10 miles just to go get milk and food and also diapers. God was blessing in every situation. And it becomes more and more of, you know, well, are you going to trust him? Or are you going to walk out by faith? Or are you going to believe God no matter what? And then some saints and my listeners and the ones that do not have a relationship with God yet, it becomes more and more apparent who God is to me during those times. After me yelling and screaming and, you know, having that conversation with God in so many different languages and he's yet still coming through for me and he still comes through for me now. And that relationship has come to where I don't have to yell as much. (laughs) I still yell. Okay. But it's not as much as a an intelligent conversation like God, you know, thank you, Lord, for one more day and getting up in the morning and reading my word and talking to him and, you know, fasting and praying and also seeking his face first. And then I'm, you know, reading in the word and it says, command your day. And I'm like, okay, this is what I'm doing now. And I'm learning little bits, itsy bitsy steps. To know who God is. And it becomes more and more apparent. That we as saints, church folks. We don't get it. That if you don't have a strong communication with God. And that you don't have a prayer life. It becomes life and death for us. And for the ones that do not know God as your personal savior, get to know him, get to receive him. And you don't take my word for it. This is just my testimony. This is just what a typic of who I am. Yes, I love Roll Tide. You know, that is, you know, that is the football team that I always say Roll Tide. But at the same exact time, as many times and as much as I roll tide and I'm, I'm there for them when, they, when they're playing on the field, I'm there in my prayer closet and I'm there in my Bible learning what God wants me to know for that day. 
See, there has to be an equal balance between you knowing God and also being able to live the life that God has for you. See, I had to be able to understand as a mother and a wife, I still had to be even faithful as a servant of God and as a pastor and as a prophet. See, some of us don't understand that balance. And we have to get to that point where God becomes the ultimate person, the ultimate God. And he's not a person per se, but he becomes like a, a, a father figure or a mother figure when you don't have one, not the appropriate one in your life. And he becomes the, the most important part of my life every day when I get up, every day before I go to bed. We're praying, we're asking him, you know, put a hedge of protection around us and give us good dreams. But do we honestly believe who God is in our lives? And, and does it become more and more a part of your life? See, I can study clinical psychology all I want to and become proficient in it. Love it also. Awesome. It's an awesome subject to have in my life. But if I don't know what the word of God says for me and my family and my life, I'm lost. See, psychology, clinical psychology started off in God's principles in the word of God. And they have philosophers and, you know, all these people studying the word of God and, you know, being able to, you know, kind of debate, hey, what does this word say? And hey, why does this word say this? And then at the same exact moment, some of the philosophers and researchers, they start getting this mindset like, wait a minute, why are we going with the Bible? Why can't we go our own way? And it becomes more and more cumbersome for people to understand that you know, you want to sit here and say, let's separate the Bible and let's separate what we want, but you can't do that. And that's why I did. It is written also because I wanted to be able to mesh clinical psychology, which is how we view the world and the Bible, which is biblical principles and how God views the world and how we view it with him. See, we've been with this journey on this journey from the beginning and you have so many people sitting here in the bible with abraham and you have sarah and you have also you know gideon and you know you have eve adam and eve and all of these people had a relationship with god and their viewpoint got tainted because of sin but we still had god around he was present and he was able to effectively communicate how he was in our lives. And he gave us a choice. It wasn't like we were robots. It wasn't like something that you can just, you know, flat, you know, like a light switch you can turn on and off. No, God wanted us to be able to be having that choice with him, having that relationship with him. And 
That's what I wanted to be able to introduce to people. You know, I have a silly side too. I love to be able to, you know, read books. I love to be able to, you know, sometimes just draw and sometimes just being able to, you know, have a time where you can be able to laugh and joke in a nice way without all of the kind of, you know, foul language and, you know, just some content that we all can be able to enjoy and love. And then at the same time, I love a little bit more fashion now since I'm getting older and seasoned, I will say. And I love a little bit more of how can I be able to say it? Um, Just different things going on in the world and being able to look those things up and having a whole lot more knowledge and being able to love being able to still look up at the stars and see the different constellations. And I'm still a little kid at heart. I love uh, Bumble Yum, Bubblegum. And I love to be able to hear some good music as far as gospel music, because that's what I grew up with. But I would honestly tell you, um, I love getting my hands dirty. I am, I love to garden. And I want to be able to honestly tell you, I feel better in some overalls than high heels now. <laughs> yeah, for a woman that's turning 46 this year, I'm still a big kid at heart. And I still like to be able to, you know, just go and, you know, go on a merry-go-round. And sometimes being able to, you know, have bumper cars and you know, just being able to go to a, a, a an aquarium, if that makes sense to anybody. I'm still a little kid at heart, even though I'm 46 years old. Um, also, too, I love being able to be with my kids. They are the extension of the childhood that I did not have and the teenage years that I did not have. So it kind of, you know, makes up for all the things that I missed as a as a young child and also as a teen, but also at the same time, I mean, God is so gracious and so good that I was able to have that time with my husband for 6 years before my oldest was able to be born. And I mean, it's like I love to travel. I still love to be able to find new things and different things that I did not know. And I love to share information. So it becomes like, you know, did you know um, that a lot of the pyramids are not in Egypt and some of them are really in Mexico? Kind of a thing for me. I am very, you know, just curious about certain things. But also at the same time, I have a big, huge love for just getting out and exploring. I am also sometimes a homebody, believe it or not. I don't like to always get out, but when I do, I do it big. I like to be able to like, you know, go hiking and, you know, going to fish and, you know, just being able to be outside outdoors. I get that from my my grandfather. And then at the same time, I love to be able to kind of like just have healthy conversations like, you know, 
having those type of conversations where, you know, it's like the meat and the, and the bone to it. And I can be able to just sink my teeth into those conversations and being able to have a person that I can honestly say as a friend, you know, this is what's going on with me. Let's talk. And I think that's a lot, but for some people, but I think also too, it becomes more and more some things that people need to know. And I love to listen to people and help them with their problems. And at the same time, when you're listening, it becomes more a part of you. And sometimes you need to be able, as I've learned, to go down into the dark depths of some of these people and you sit there and you just listen sometimes they want your opinion and sometimes they just want you to listen and then it becomes more and more a part of you that as you're listening you're starting to learn a little bit more of them and also a little bit about yourself and you start to understand where their beginnings came from and where their middle is, and then where they want to go. And then at the same time, you're able to sit there. And if you have an opinion, you have that time to be able to talk to God and say, look, you know, God, this person is having this problem. Please help me to communicate with them, be able to pray with them, be able to laugh, scream, have fun with them. And be able to just take their mind off for just a few seconds of what's going on. And then at the same time, being able to go back to that moment and say, hey, let's address this and let it be able to, you know, shift and manifest. And, you know, just sometimes the silliness of it, some people want to be able to see that silly side and then they'll address the other part. And for some people, you know, being in the military, former military, that is, some people want to joke about it, but also at the same exact time, they're addressing it at the same time. So you learn how to be able to talk to people in different vernaculars, different ways of life. And then you start understanding how your life is. Like certain times, some jokes are really intense and extreme, but then some jokes are honest to goodness, just lifelong lessons. And you have to sit there and honestly say, you know what, God, I appreciate those times because those people make me and also break me. So they help me to learn and understand that, you know, everyone depending on their circumstances, some of them just want a hearty talk and not just medication being prescribed to them. And don't get me wrong. There are, you know, circumstances where people do need that medication, but first a healthy discussion should be administered immediately so that you can be able to talk to that person. So if that person needs medication or additional help, you can be able to, you know, point them in the right direction. And I wish that people would honestly be honest with yourself and say, hey, why won't you go out the extra mile, especially the ones that are in church and have titles 
to speak to people. There's nothing wrong with just saying a simple, hi, how are you? Or how do you think, you know, the weather's going to be today? Don't you know, a lot of people really want just a stranger sometimes to talk to instead of a family member. And it becomes such a lively conversation and it becomes such a thing of beauty just to be able to sit there and, and have that, that heart to heart conversation with another human being. And that's how God wants us to be with him. Our relationship is very important. Our relationship should be the most important part of your life as opposed to your spouse, as opposed to your children, as opposed to your work schedule, you know, being able to work out everything. Yes, but he is the most important part of you and being able to focus and talk to him and read his word. Oh my God. If you can be in the TV, for so many hours. Don't you know you can open up this word of God and be in that time with him also. And it becomes more and more time that I had to learn how to be able to be the pastor and be the mom and be the wife and juggle all of this and that and still be who he wants me to be. Now, I know that, you know, certain people may not say, Hey, you know, you've jumped so many times, but throughout the whole entire, it is written podcast. I'm going to share with you tidbits of my life. Some of them good, some of them bad, but I wanted you to know who I am first, how I am first and being able to understand me as a person, then you can be able to sit there and jump into my podcast and start, you know, understanding and knowing that, hey, we're not too far off. We're not too far off from, you know, these disorders and where they originated from, whether it's from, you know, your parents or your grandparents or aunt or uncle, or just being able to, uh, you know, kind of have those things attached to you because of trauma or because of hurt or because of church hurt or just people coming in and out of your life and speaking things over you that you should not be able to manifest in your life. Come on now. See, those are the times that we need to be able. So many times people have spoken into my life that they should not have. And I had to sit there and combat that. And I understood when my grandmother, I call her big mama, says, Tam, you shouldn't let people speak over you that God has not ordained. I said, okay, God. I said, okay. And I said, okay. I said, yes, ma'am. So anybody that's saying something negative about you, you go back and you say something positive about you. And you also tell them that is not what God has written for me. And when she said that, it clicked for me. And even though I'm 46 years old, I still remember it to this day. And I don't know about any of you, but I don't want that to be your 
your, your end of your life. I don't want that to be for you to sit there and say, well, I'm just a loser or I'm just ugly or I'm just this or, or, or I don't, you know, I don't feel it. You know, I am successful and I don't feel like I'm a good mom or I'm a good dad or, you know, I'm not a good pastor or anything like that. Who are you to say that? Who really? You have to honestly sit there and say, you know what? Thank you so much for your comment, but that is not me. I am a successful person. I am a good mom. I am, you know, a good father. I am a good pastor. I am a good parent. I am a good student. And I have to be able to speak life into my life. Every time when I don't feel like this or that, I have to stop and say, you know what? I'm sorry, God. I'm going to sit there and say, you know what? I am beautiful. I am the person that you need for me to be. I am all that you have given to me and then some. So I wanted this to be able to open up so many discussions. Please, if you can, like and share and leave comments and leave a five-star rating for me. Also, being able to go to my Facebook Latanya Uyola. And also I have, it is written platform just for you to give me questions and topics. If you really want to talk about it, then let's talk. We're going to be able to go through the Bible and be able to give those viewpoints of how we should be able to be, but also be able to view it the way that God viewed it. And then being able to put the two together. It is not hard for us to be able to sit there and say, you know what? Our way of life can be better if we shift it the way that God wants us to have it. If we're struggling in some areas in our lives, then we should be able to sit there and say, you know what? Let me accept God. Let me choose him because I don't have any other, you know, I have, I went through so many options. I went through, you know, sleeping with this person or, or, uh, doing this drug or, or going here or going there, or, you know, becoming, you know, a prostitute or, you know, coming a pimp or selling drugs or the side or anything, any occupation that I've been through in life, we all get that time where we say, you know what? Enough is enough. Let's try God. Let's try him. Why won't you? And if you're a believer and you're trying God, I hope and I pray that this podcast blesses your soul, blesses your heart, blesses your mind, and give us a different perspective on how we can be able to communicate with God and how he communicates with us and how we can be able to keep our relationship strong and firm in him. It's not going to always be peaches and cream. I'm not going to tell you that, you know, it's going to always be good you know, that we have these things going on. But what I'm saying is that we need to identify what is good and what is bad in our lives to uproot those things from the root and kill it from the root. So it won't take any more precedence in our lives. It won't stay in our lives. And then at the same time, you're developing a new habit and you're developing towards God and the way that you're living and the way your mind is thinking towards him. 
And it becomes more and more apparent towards you and God has that personal relationship that when you pray, that when you seek him, it becomes more and more real to you. And then you become that light that God needs for you to be in the world. And then also at the same time, oh my God, you get to be able to have that relationship to go with you into eternity. Please understand this becomes more and more of God and less and less of yourself. Please, why won't you try it? Please understand it and know it. Thank you so much for being able to get with me and be able to have that time with me. And I really do appreciate you like and share once again with my podcast. Please catch up with me on Facebook at Latanya Uyola and also it is written and give me a five-star rating. Please tell your friends and also be able to, you know, send me comments and share. Thank you so much. Some face a lifetime of falling tears. But he's in the darkness, he's in the cold. Just like the morning, he always shows. It may be midnight or midday. It's never early.